and we're back with the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a Fantasy Football Pater Podcast now, would it, if we didn't have the Fantasy Football Guru? Got to check out everything that he's doing today at the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group. You just sign up. You just go ahead and click, I want to join. I want to join. And you're right in with over 200 other fantasy football fans talking everything fantasy football, whether it's trades, whether it's potential waiver wire pickups, whether it's lineup changes. You can ask those questions there or you can directly message him from the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group, it is my good friend until this weekend because <laughs> our friendship is no more after <laughs> our game. Because he beat me again. We can be friends on Monday, though. <laughs> Sounds good, yes, after the, after the Monday Night Football game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is Tyler Baker. Another great weekend in the NFL, my friend. A lot of good things going on. It's just so great to have you aboard once again. Oh, man, it's good to be here. Yeah, this week has seen some high-scoring games. Uh, you, you've got you've got Pittsburgh dropping 52. You've got uh, New Orleans dropping 51. Uh, a lot of good fantasy performances out there. Uh, a couple of injuries. Uh, Cooper Cup uh, banged his knee up. Sean McVay said it doesn't look good, but we don't know exactly what's going on there. Uh, Marvin Jones uh, a little banged up. Not sure what the extent is there after they just traded Golden Tate. So it looks like Kenny Galladay is kind of the guy there. But other than those two uh, uh, injuries, a lot of good fantasy performances today. Yes, it was. And it will touch on some of those performances. I have some in mind. But <laughs> Buffalo, we're going to start there. In a little bit. Well, actually, you know what? We'll touch on Buffalo here in a little bit because I've got another inside joke and in the Continuing saga that is our good friend Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later on. That's obviously not uh, okay. Story. But <laughs> I will say there was a lot of great things going on in week 10 in the NFL. The place I want to start off with is continuing dominance of the New Orleans Saints. They marched right into Cincinnati yeah. and really laid a whooping on Cincinnati and just really just showed them. Who is the boss? Yeah, well, keep in mind Cincinnati is uh, playing without A.J. Green. Uh, in my opinion, A.J. Green is probably the most important part of that offense. And they didn't have him. To, there just wasn't a lot of offense. Dalton threw the ball 20 times. They rushed uh, the ball under 20 times. There just wasn't a lot of offense. They couldn't get anything going. They kept giving the ball back to the Saints, and the Saints are so good. I, I mean, we talked about... Uh, when Mark Ingram came back, hey, was there going to be enough uh, to go around for both of these running backs? Yes. Yes, there certainly is. Uh, maybe not every week, but most of the time, uh, Ingram and Kamara are both startable. Uh, both of them uh, getting under 15 touches, <laughs> but each one of them scoring. Um, and I mean, Drew Brees is just so good. Now, the whole Des Bryant thing didn't work out. Did he make it like a couple practices? Yeah, in his second practice, he did tear his Achilles tendon. Yeah, that's a shame. But, I mean, what do you expect? He's been sitting on the couch all year. You know, uh, the NFL's a tough game. You know, maybe he'll come back. We'll see. 
there may be a little bit of a void there at wide receiver uh, after Cam Meredith left or um, uh, got hurt, and now Des Bryant isn't playing. But it looks like Michael Thomas can pretty much uh, uh, carry that team on his back. Didn't see any Traquan Smith today. That was odd. But Drew Brees is just at the top of his game. He's breaking records. And this team is getting better and better and better. And that defense seems to be playing better. Today wasn't a very good indicator because the Bengals are just a little decimated right now. But that team is looking like a very strong contender in the playoff picture this season. The other big contender as far as in the NFC side of things is the Los Angeles Rams. They had to go ahead this weekend and kind of get a squeak out win against the Seattle Seahawks. Still, their offense seems to be very, very strong. A lot of great options there. I know there's some injuries. I think Brandon Cooks or was it uh, another in- Cooper as Cup. As- Cooper Cooper Cup. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cooper Cup did get injured this weekend in, in during the game. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big hit for a lot of fantasy owners out there. If he is hurt for an extended period of time, what are the options out there for for fantasy owners if they do not have currently a good spot on their roster? Do they need to go ahead and pick up any backups on the Rams? Or what do you need to go ahead and do if if you're really going to be out for a loop when it comes to Cooper Cup? Um, well, Cup missed a couple games earlier this season. Um, Sean McVay, after the game, said it didn't look good. We don't. I'm assuming he's going to get an MRI, and they're probably going to say it's an ACL. That's probably the worst case scenario. But it, like Sean McVay said, it doesn't look good. And something we saw the Rams do was they went to their tight ends more. Both Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby uh, both scored a touchdown. Not massive targets, five targets between the two of them, but uh, missing that slot receiver, I would expect the tight ends to get a little bit more work, but this offense can operate with Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. Those two receivers are good enough to keep this offense going because they also have a guy named Todd Gurley there. (laughs) So it's as good as Cooper Cup is and the chemistry is there, uh, with your golf, but take him out of the equation. And this offense is still going to move. It's still going to be a good football team. And I would s- probably say a little bit more targets go to Brandon cooks and Robert Woods. And since we saw the tight end show up today, maybe the tight ends get a little bit more involved too. There was also a surprise this weekend in the NFL when it comes to new England, they mm. went to Tennessee and totally laid an egg. Now, normally you would address that to some, maybe a lull in the schedule or maybe you know just not a focus, but it to me, I think there's a, a little bit of a concern if you're a fantasy football owner and you have a lot of New England Patriots on your roster because there's a lot of issues when it comes to injuries and they just don't seem to have the depth that they normally would this time of the year when it comes to options and things of that nature in the running back and also the wide receiver position as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's just call it what it is. They got outplayed today. They got outplayed in special teams. They got outplayed on both sides of the ball. And we'll talk about Brady in a second, but Marcus Mariota looked really good today. I saw a play where he took off running and he looked fast. And there were so many times where he was finding ways to move in the pocket and uh, throw kind of off, off balance. And he really showed off his arm strength today. He made some throws that remind me of Patrick Mahomes, you know, just 
I mean, he was dropping dimes. He was he was doing a really good job of anticipating his receivers' routes. You saw him get connected with Johnu Smith, and and after losing Delaney Walker, you know when was Johnu Smith gonna gonna kind of come of age and start being an important part of that offense? We saw a little bit of that. So Tennessee just flat out outplayed New England. Now, it's always been known that if you want to beat Tom Brady, you have to put pressure on Tom Brady. And you have to give Tennessee's defense credit. They put pressure on Tom Brady. He kept forcing the ball to Josh Gordon. Uh, Gordon making a couple good catches, but there were a lot of times where he just didn't catch the ball. Julian Edelman was really kind of driving this offense. We didn't see any James White uh, not in the way that we've seen him in the past. Now, I did read that Rex Burkhead, I think, is practicing again. I think I saw that uh, this week. I, I don't know when he would be eligible to come off of IR, uh, but Sonny Michelle did come back this week. Um, they still have Cordell Patterson running the ball. So they still have some pieces there. And as much as they've get, been bit by the injury bug, of course, Gronk hasn't been right all season, and and I feel bad for all the fantasy owners that spent a second round pick on him. I know I did in one league. You know, you're just not getting that value back. Um, let Gronk get healthy. Maybe Burkhead comes back. New England's going to regroup. They're a good team, and good teams when they lose, they always come back strong the next week. So I I, I would expect England to New England to get back on track and and look more like a Bill Belichick team next week. We'll be right back with more of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Biterbrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. But there's also a lot of other things to talk about when it comes to football and what happened during this weekend in the NFL. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is in Green Bay, where to me a new option presented itself Mm. in, in as far as running back is concerned. Aaron Jones mm-hmm. really did a number this weekend in the NFL. That he really did a great job of performing out there, 145 yards, two touchdowns, just really a solid performance from just just kind of almost kind of like a breakout game for him. Yes. Is he a viable option going forward for fantasy football owners? Absolutely. And we talked about this uh, about a month ago. At some point during the season, Jamal Williams was going to fade and Aaron Jones was going to come to the top. This game, I think, is a good indicator of how this backfield is going to be moving forward. I also want fantasy owners to keep in mind that we're now in November and the weather is going to start affecting how these offenses 
work. And one thing that I like to do when I'm setting lineups, especially in uh, DFS, is I'll check the weather reports. And if I see that a game is going to be below 30 degrees or there's going to be you know high winds, that there's a really good chance that offenses are going to want to use the ground game a little bit more, being that Aaron Jones has you know, really had a breakout game. And being that he plays in Green Bay, I would expect his numbers to continue. Maybe not at this level. You know, the two touchdowns is kind of fluky. And at 145 yards you're talking about, there were a couple long runs there that you just can't expect week to week. Uh, But I do expect Aaron Jones, being that he really proved that he could do some good things in this offense, I would expect him to, moving forward, uh, definitely be the primary running back there. Speaking of running backs, there was a couple more performances I want to highlight at the running back position. One you called several weeks ago, and another one you called several weeks ago in the return of somebody that was a very top high-level draft choice. In fact, was one of the first three to four running backs that were picked, and that is David Johnson in Arizona. He came back this week with a very solid 100-yard game, touchdown, uh, added a touchdown on top of that, looked more like a a player that he should be as far as the first round round is concerned, and in fact, had almost 100 yards in reception on top of that. Yes. So I ask you, It looks like what you've been saying to fantasy football owners out there is true, and their patience has finally paid off in spades as David Johnson has now become, again, a focal point for the Arizona Cardinals offense. Well, what's so important about this game? Well, for one, they were playing the Chiefs, and, and the Chiefs really give it up on defense. But what you saw today was you saw David Johnson more involved in the passing game. and they're doing things. Byron Leftwich, uh, the new offensive coordinator, knows how to get David Johnson involved. And this offense is starting to do that again. Arizona could win some games if they stick to this formula. Get David Johnson and stop running David Johnson up the middle. Like this whole season, they've just been running him between the tackles, running him between the tackles. And he can do those things, but he's so good in space. He's so good running to the outside. He's so good route running and catching balls downfield. And Byron Leftwich is moving the offense in a direction very similar to Bruce Arians' offense and getting David Johnson involved, I would expect that to continue. Maybe he doesn't have as good of a game in the future as he did today. Keep in mind, it was Kansas City. But seeing that he got nine targets today, that is that is very much what David Johnson owners want to see. Another performance that, again, you called directly on this. Well, actually, you saw it even before Carlos Hyde got traded was in Cleveland. There were... Great performances in Cleveland from Baker Mayfield, but also a tremendous performance you saw coming in the form of Nick Chubb. Man, he's got that speed. I mean, he's just he's just got that gear. <laughs> you give him some space. I, he's got he's got you know pretty good acceleration, some good moves, but he's just he's just got a gear that that if he hits the open field, good luck catching the kid. Yeah, twenty rushes, one hundred seventy six yards, and a touchdown. Getting involved in the passing game, too. Caught all three of his targets for 33 yards. The running game is back in Cleveland. I still expect Duke Johnson 
to be involved in the passing game. He scored a touchdown today. But yeah, Baker Mayfield just uh, beaten up on that poor Falcons defense. Now I did I did read that the Falcons should be getting Deion Jones back this season. That's going to be really big for them, and that's gonna that that's that's gonna sure up that defense a little bit more. But for right now, and, and until they get Deion Jones back. Target the Falcons defense. Target Kansas City's defense. If if you have a couple guys that you can't decide who to play, and one of them is playing one of those two teams, or or Tampa Bay, because because everybody's gonna 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 take advantage of Tampa Bay, except for the Redskins, <laughs> because they just don't have an offense. They win games, but they don't have an offense. But those three defenses, you can really pick on them. But that's not to take away from from Chubb. It's not to take away from what uh, Baker Mayfield did today. The Browns won another game. This is great. I love the Browns winning football games. It's fun. It is. I'll tell you what, it's great that your predictions come out like they are because it really shows that that you're studying, you're focusing your 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 attention on all this and and definitely is paying off for a lot of fantasy football owners out there that are that are heeding to your kind words. Although I didn't like the kind words that you gave me this weekend when it comes to our game, but I'm gonna have to let that slide and let you know the fact that I won in my other league, that I'll, I'll take. I'll take that for Good, good. Well, well, I'll tell you, you weren't alone because I absolutely crushed some people this week. I mean, I mean, bad. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I would feel bad, but no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You're so cruel. We'll be right back with more of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Before we head on out, a couple last things I want to touch on. One we promised, and one we also actually talked about at the beginning of the show, and that is in Buffalo. We talked about how, (laughs) you know, in, in the Facebook group, we talked about how Nathan Peterman, after a performance where he actually completed 31 passes, but unfortunately it was only for 150 some odd yards. And I think it was the lowest total of yards for that high, highest amount of completions in 50 yeah. plus years since 1950, since I believe. 1950. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, of course he gave up. That is crazy, yes. And, he, of course, he gave up his you know, residual three interceptions <laughs> and all that. And the Buffalo showed so much confidence in him. For this weekend, they planned on using someone off the street in former USC Trojan Matt Barkley. Yeah. And he actually didn't do a bad job. He didn't do bad. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't turn the ball over. And he uh, is an interception-laden yeah. quarterback uh-huh. Uh-huh. normally, but it just goes to show you – 
when he's able to perform in that same offense off the street, off the street, what does that tell you about everything else that Buffalo's been doing all season long, including our friend Nathan Peterman? Uh, sure, sure. Well, I didn't. Surprisingly, I didn't. I didn't watch this game, <laughs> and I really haven't looked at any of the film from it at all. But I will tell you this: in some leagues where I'm streaming defenses, I went out and got the Jets' defense. Why not? You know, they're playing Buffalo. Also, in my DFS lineups, who did, I, who, did, who did I play? Well, I played the Jets defense, and I'll tell you, it did not work at all. <laughs> but we did see some life from LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy actually getting a full workload, 26 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's what you want to see from LaShawn McCoy every week. Why they had to have Matt Barkley to give LaShawn McCoy a full workload, I don't know. I'm assuming it's because the offense was actually moving because <laughs> to, to give McCoy a full workload, you actually have to move the ball and get first downs. So they were apparently doing something right. One last thing I'm going to talk to you about, my friend, before we head on out, or before I hear your thoughts, if there's anything else that gets covered for this week in the NFL and that is Le'Veon Bell. I promised people mm. out there we would give them an update. As of this recording, it looks like Le'Veon Bell is likely not going to report to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which to me is quite puzzling why you would want to leave all that money off the table just to prove a point. You're not going to be able to make it back up, even if you get a large contract going forward. Your thoughts on the Le'Veon Bell situation, now that it looks like it's coming to a finality for this season, what does that do for him, and what does that do for fantasy football owners going forward? Well, Adam Schefter, which he usually he's usually dead on when he tweets something or breaks you know a story. I really can't recall any time where he was errant in his reporting. And yeah, it looks like Le'Veon Bell is going to not play. It doesn't make sense. It seems like this has been one bad decision after another, but he's going to do things his way. He doesn't want to play this season, so he's he's not going to play now. It it does bring up a scenario where the where the Steelers could use the transition tag on him, and you and I talked about that last episode. But for fantasy owners, myself being a Le'Veon Bell owner in a league, you know, you spent at least the top three pick on him, and by this time you've already found life after Le'Veon Bell and and you were stashing him in hopes that he came back and but fantasy owners have already made arrangements at this point. So if you have Le'Veon Bell, you can drop him. If you're in a redraft league, you have to drop Le'Veon Bell after taking him in a as a as a top three pick. It's a shame. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell's got his reasons and we'll see him next season. Who are we going to see him with? I don't know. That'll be interesting. And it sure is a fun exercise to speculate where he could go and, and, and where it would be the most fun. But I, I don't know. It would be really cool if the Eagles picked him up because that would be a fantastic team if, if they had a, a running back like that. I don't know if they could afford him. So there's a couple places that a couple good teams because Le'Veon Bell is going to want to go to a good team. So you know, let's be excited for Le'Veon Bell and fantasy in 2019, but not this year. I want to ask you real quick on that note, should he, well, obviously he's going to become a, a try. He's going to try hard to become a free agent. He's going to go out there and try and get on another team. Obviously his situation has completely deteriorated in Pittsburgh. Yeah. If he does go ahead and 
go on to another team, the Philadelphia, Los Angeles, wherever. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you quick. Do you think he should still be a top five pick overall? Because that's where he fell in line on virtually every draft out there. Would you be hesitant after what, after essentially a year layoff? I wouldn't be too concerned about the year off. I mean, for a running back of his age, he is in his prime and it's, it's a year removed from, from putting your body through all that abuse. (laughs) So um, he could come back looking really, really good next year. It depends on where he goes. I mean, what if what if Oakland, you know, with all their draft picks and all of their cap space, what if Oakland goes after him? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but what but if the Eagles pick him up, oh yeah. Oh yeah. For me, it just depends on where he goes because we have a situation right now with another top three pick and David Johnson, where you put a phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal talent like David Johnson under a Mike McCoy system, and it was an absolute flop. Well, they fire McCoy and promote Byron Leftwich, and now we're seeing more from David Johnson. So scheme has a lot to do with it, you know, willingness to use him. And if he goes to a team where he's the only thing that's going to move that offense, I don't, I don't like that at all. Because as good as he is, if defenses just have to worry about him, and see, it's kind of like LaShawn McCoy. In Buffalo, they only have to look out for for LaShawn McCoy, and he's been absolutely miserable this year. So he's not a top five no matter what, but I think he's going to pick a situation where he's going to be able to thrive. We'll just have to see. We will indeed, and we will soon enough. For everyone out there, that is a Le'Veon Bell fantasy football owner. I I feel for (laughs) you. I feel for you. Your year's been tough, and as far as that's the case, hopefully you've made some arrangements and made some maneuvers that have helped out going forward my friend it's been another great episode i'll tell you what it's just so fantastic to have you here again this is tyler baker of the fantasy football pater podcast along with myself gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos and game source you've got to listen to our excerpts every monday and friday monday on the pop culture cosmos show friday on the pcc multiverse and our full episodes are always available each and every week on the pop culture cosmos channel on spotify apple Podcasts, and over 30 different podcast outlets it was an awesome week my friend in the nfl looking redskins won the redskins won i know (laughs) it was it was ugly man (laughs) like it was they are so bad on offense but their defense shut down a, a Tampa Bay offense that can move the ball. And, but, well, that's what I want to – let me ask you this. Fitzpatrick, 400 yards, yeah. two interceptions, but yeah. 400 yards, and they only put yeah. three points on the board. How can you do that? Well, they missed a couple of field goals, and there were a couple of drives, long drives, where they got down to the goal line. Josh Norman caught an interception in the end zone and then they had another turnover. So it's like they were getting right to the finish line and were either missing field goals or turning the ball over. And you have to give credit to the Redskins guys up front. They didn't get a whole lot of sacks, but they just disrupted that offense. And the guys in the secondary were very opportunistic and haha Clinton Dix is starting to starting to get into the groove of how they do things. The guys up front are dominant, a little slow at the linebacker position with Mason Foster, but that defense is good and it's and it's keeping Washington in games. And I don't understand how a team who can't score more than 21 points 
how they keep winning football games, but they are. And I'm a Redskins fan, so I'm I'm happy as a clam right now. Talk about a defense that bends but didn't break. That yes. was a perfect example of it against the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, it was. My friend, it's always great to have you on the show again each and every week right here on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Again, you just got to check us out. And don't forget the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group. Join it today. You can ask all the fantasy football questions you want, whether it's waiver wire pickups, trades, lineup changes, just anything out there concerning fantasy football. You either put it right out there on the group or you can ask him directly, Tyler Baker of the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. My friend, it's always great to have you on the show. Glad to have you part of the pop culture cosmos. And of course, right here on the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. Podcast.